Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Well, I gotta say, this has been uh, the most exciting week of the podcast so far. We want to thank you. We're very grateful that uh, the Box of Oddities has been consistently in the top ten on the iTunes comedy charts. Right, and we've been we've been peeking in on the uh, all categories charts as well. Uh, plus, new and noteworthy. Yeah, we ended up in new and noteworthy. Plus, uh, Castbox has us on the recommended podcasts. Also, West Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah, that's right. West Virginia was the one holdout state we didn't have any downloads from. <laughs> And now we do. So we've got downloads from from every single state. And in doing research on West Virginia, I discovered that we have to try pepperoni rolls. Okay. That's a thing. Do they make vegetarian pepperoni? Also, it's not just people from West Virginia and, and around the world It's uh, that are listening. Arthur, the gruff but lovable uh, convenience store worker, apparently listens. It's a little corner store in our neighborhood in Maine. Oh. And... Uh, you know, he's a typical Mainer. Sure. He goes, geez, some crow there, bub. Is it true the missus is a cannibal? And I said, no, no, she's not a cannibal. We did the Ancestry.com DNA thing, and she has ancestors from Papua New Guinea that were cannibals. Not cat. She's a vegetarian. It's just, I find that ironic and amusing that, mm-hmm. you know, she's a vegetarian cannibal ancestor. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, first of all, I want to make clear that you are not currently a cannibal. I am uh, not currently a cannibal. Uh, that story seems to have been twisted around a little yeah. bit. Well, you keep mentioning it, like, over and over again. And I can see how it would get confusing for people, because you're all like, mm, cannibal, man. All right. That's not... Well, I think I've I set mean, the record straight now. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> also, I love you, West Virginia. Almost heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. The Gospel According to John Denver, everyone. John Denver. Yes. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace. Um, how is Corner Store Guy doing anyway? Didn't he have Arthur? to have like Arthur? a knee replaced or something? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. You know, I think it was a hip. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he, uh, he said he was, his new rapper name was going to be Busta Hip. <laughs> only oh, only he said it like that, Bob. Oh, Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, he, he works at the convenience store just on the way. Uh, in in Bangor, Maine, which is where we reside, mm-hmm. uh, home of Stephen King, uh, Green Mile, best adaptation book to movie I've ever seen. We're just going to keep shamelessly plugging Stephen King until he gives us a shout out. I love in fact, you. I think we should do our show from outside the gate of his house <laughs> <laughs> until he comes out. I think that's great. <laughs> 
Because, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't live far from, from where we live. Right. He lives in a much nicer house than we do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of which, if you are not familiar with Stephen King's house in Bangor, Maine, um, check out pictures of it. He has the most beautiful wrought iron gate. Uh, it's got bats on with it. With bats sitting atop the post and it's just it's so beautiful and every time i see pictures of it i'm like mm, i love that gate there was a, a period of time throughout the 80s when that was the destination to go on halloween he he did up halloween in a big big way oh, yeah, yeah. but it became just so out of control people were flying in from all over the world to trick-or-treat sure. at stephen king's house so now he closes the gates and turns off the lights and and goes to florida or someplace <laughs> During during I mean, October, it's Maine in October. You should go to Florida. <laughs> yeah, you should anyway. Theboxofoddities.com is our website. If you have an idea for a podcast topic, or if you just want to uh, communicate with us, you can do so by sending an email to curator at theboxofoddities.com. Hold on a second. I've got to turn my heater off. Has that been on the whole time? Yeah. Well, Sorry about that. Well, we I got are, cold feet. We are in Maine. Okay, sorry about that. The quality of our audio just uh, just went up considerably. Now she's turned off the heater. I have delicate digits. <laughs> Poor circulation. That's okay. I've got another freaky story for you today. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Well, you know the story. Because when I think freaky, I think like R. Kelly, you know, no. peeing on people. No, <laughs> no, it's not an R. Kelly peeing on people story. <laughs> okay. Although I'm jotting that down for a future episode. <laughs> today I'm going to tell you about Terer. Terrell, terrell. It's a French word. I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it authentically. Terrell? Terrell. So ter, I'm guessing it's, it's got something to do with earth, it's, ground? Well, no, it's T-A-R-R-A-R-E. Terrell. It's um, the name of a French showman and soldier from the late 1700s who had incredibly unusual eating habits. <gasps> You have? Yeah, he was the guy that couldn't stop eating, right? I mean, he yeah. ate like, I mean, okay, tell me tell, yeah. tell me the story. All right. Oh, this is so good. I'm so excited. This guy was able to eat vast amounts of meat to the point where it just got ridiculous. In fact, he could eat one quarter of a cow carcass in a day. What? He traveled France in the company of a, a band of thieves, according to Wikipedia, Thieves and prostitutes before becoming the warm-up act to a traveling charlatan. He'd swallow corks, stones, live animals, and a whole basket full of apples. You can't just throw in live animals like it's not the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. That's horrendous. Like, would he swallow them whole or did he chew? Uh, it, it, it I, sounds like he swallowed them whole. Oh, God. One time he ate a live eel. No. He just swallowed it live. Oh, he was born in Rouen, France in 1772. As a child, he had uh, this insatiable appetite. And by his teens, that's when he was uh, able to eat a quarter of a cow in a single day. About this time, uh, his parents, uh, they decided, you know what? We can't afford this. Yeah, get out. Get the heck out of here. So he had to leave home. And for years, he uh, toured the country with a roaming band of thieves and prostitutes, begging and stealing food. And then he gained his... Uh, his weight? No, he never gained weight. He weighed 80 pounds. That doesn't make any sense. 80 to 100 pounds. He toured the country with, uh, you know, that uh, traveling charlatan that I mentioned. Crowds would uh, would be drawn by him eating corks and anything he could find lying in the gutter. 
Then he thought he should be like the star of the show, not the warm-up act. So he he moved to Paris and he worked as a street entertainer. Just eating things? Yeah, just out of the gutter. His appearance was just kind of creepy. He had an abnormally wide mouth in which his teeth were heavily stained. He didn't appear to have any lips. And when he had not eaten, the skin hung so loosely around his stomach that he could wrap it around his waist. And when he was full, his abdomen was distended like a huge balloon. But he didn't feel full or? Yeah, I guess not. His body was also hot to the touch and he sweated heavily. That must have been how he didn't gain weight. Is he must have had like a crazy metabolism or something. That's, that's an interesting hypothesis. He also suffered from extremely foul body odor. I would imagine he's eating garbage. Out of the gutter in the late 1700s, France. He was described as stinking, quote, to such a degree it could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces. And it would get noticeably worse after he ate. His eyes and cheeks would become bloodshot. And you could actually see a physical vapor coming off of him. What? Yeah. After he would eat, he'd become extremely lethargic. Well, yeah, as, I mean, I as get that. eating a cow will do. Yeah. And again, as despite the large intake of food, he never seemed to vomit or gain weight. He did have diarrhea his entire life, constantly, which probably also added to the... Uh, the smell. The smell and the yeah. lack of weight gain. I mean... He's got some sort of irritable bowel syndrome he's probably dealing with, uh, which is understandable. I suffer from it as well, but you can get within 20 paces of me. I wonder if maybe, I wonder if, like, what came first? Because maybe he, something happened or was going on inside his bits, and he didn't digest right. Like, maybe he had a blockage or something, maybe something. And so maybe the two things kind of fed off of each other. Maybe. Yeah. It could be. I don't know. Fed off each other. <laughs> no. he, he did have an intestinal blockage at one point. We'll uh-huh. get to that. Uh-huh. He then enlisted in the military service. But- yeah. As a spy. Oh. And they used him. But- they used him to smuggle notes across the uh, front. He would, of course, swallow them. Mm-hmm. And then he'd get to the front and then he'd fish them out of his stool. And hand them to the general in charge. Here you go, sir. Here's a feces-laden note. No, and you know he always had diarrhea. So, yep. I mean, it's not like... And they didn't have plastic bags back then. It, so, yeah. That's not I don't, sanitary. No. I guess what they did, because they didn't have plastic bags, is uh, they would put it in a little wooden box and he'd swallow the whole box. <laughs> After about 30 hours, the box would emerge and... The box would emerge. The general, the general who received him was, quote, furious when the documents had been delivered because uh, they contained vital intelligence and apparently pieces of corn. No. Um, and, you know, just so badly stained and just. Ugh. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's very upsetting. I also feel like maybe spies should be a bit more inconspicuous. So here's, yeah, I would agree with that. There was one time where he was captured before he was able to excrete the wooden box. Mm-hmm. And he did after it within in capture. Sure. And in order to keep the. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, he ate his stool. No. And the box. 
so that it couldn't be, you know, well, the, it was I mean, vital information, he, sweetie. He did what he had to do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's, uh... Following that incident, uh, Terer was uh, desperate to avoid further military service, yeah. understandably, and yeah. uh, returned to the hospital. He wanted to be cured from this. So they treated him with uh, laudanum without success. Uh, further treatments, we, they well, used... So that was the solution for everything. For everything. Yeah. Oh, you eat too much? Try some laudanum. Headaches? Laudanum. Laudanum addiction? Laudanum. <laughs> Uh, they tried white wine and a uh, white wine vinegar, rather, and tobacco pills. That was unsuccessful. And then they would feed him soft-boiled eggs, and that didn't work either. Okay, I'm sorry. If he didn't have diarrhea before, white wine vinegar and tobacco pills? <laughs> and soft-boiled eggs. I mean... Yep, like a fire hose. <laughs> Efforts to keep him on any kind of controlled diet failed because he would sneak out of the hospital and scare and scavenge awful outside of butcher shops and awful, of course, animal entrails right, and organs and waste leftover. meat. Yeah, yeah. stuff that's hot in dogs. hot dogs. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He would actually fight stray dogs for the food in the gutters, in the alleys, in the rubbish heaps. Not cool. He was caught several times within the hospital drinking from patients undergoing bloodletting. He would drink the blood. While he was on this in- diet imposed by the hospital, he was so hungry. He was chased out of the morgue several times because he was trying to eat the cadavers. Well, I mean, you're done with that. I suppose, but good Lord. What's amazing to me is they found him in there eating dead people and they still kept him there. Sure. Well, he had some stuff going on with the IBS and dedicated to their craft, healing. Sure. Healing craft. So what did it take for them to kick him out of the hospital? A little bit after the cadaver incident, uh, a 14-month-old child went missing. They never found him. Terea seemed incredibly satisfied gastronomically. There was a big bulge in his stomach and... uh, Like a 14-month-old bulge? Yep. But apparently he ate a baby. That's just rumor, though. They don't know that. They don't. They they never proved it, but they chased him from the hospital. He ate that baby. He did. He uh, He ate that baby. Yeah, I think he did. I think he ate that toddler. That's horrendous. He ate a toddler. He disappeared. He never returned to the hospital. He disappeared for years. Nobody knew where he was. He showed up years later at the hospital, and he contacted the uh, surgeon that had treated him, or the, uh, the doctor, and wished, said he wished to see him. He um, he was now very bedridden and weak because he had um, tuberculosis. He had developed tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Now, Terer told the surgeon that he thought it was uh, he wasn't feeling well because he swallowed a golden fork that he found in the gutter, and he believed it was lodged somewhere inside of him, causing the weakness. He hoped that Percy could find some way, Percy being the surgeon, to remove the golden fork. Percy, however, recognized him suffering from advanced tuberculosis. A month later, Terer began to suffer from continuous extrudative diarrhea. Look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And then he died afterwards. The corpse decomposed quickly. Most of the surgeons in the hospital said, no, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to do an autopsy. It's no. However, his surgeon wanted to find out if, in fact, uh, he did have a fork in him. And if it was gold, he wanted it. So You he have of, to do an autopsy on yeah, a man like that. Yeah. So they did. They did an autopsy. They determined that his gullet was abnormally wide. When the jaws were open, the surgeon could see down a broad canal right into his stomach. 
The body was uh, filled with, in, uh, with uh, infection. His liver and gallbladder were abnormally large. And his stomach was covered with enormous ulcers. Also, it filled most of his abdominal cavity. Well, yeah. The fork was never found, by the way. Excretive diarrhea occurs with the presence of blood and pus in the stool. This occurs with <sighs> inflammatory bowel disease. I told you he had IBS. I didn't want to um, say. Such as Crohn's. Ulcerative colitis and other severe infections such as E. coli or other forms of blood food poisoning. Well, I mean, how could he not have had food poisoning? Well, he had to. All the point. time, probably. <laughs> At one point during his, his uh, treatment, he was boasting that he could eat everything, you know, and anything. And mm -hmm. he told the surgeon, uh, he, he offered to eat the surgeon's gold watch and chain. And the surgeon declined. Sure. I and mean, saying, if no you thank do, you. If you do, I'm going to cut you open to get it back. That's what he told him. That's a good plan, I think. But he wouldn't go in after that fork? No, he did I go mean, after the fork. He just, just waited until waited, he died. Yeah, waited that's until easier, he died. I guess. Yeah, I guess. That is, uh, that's upsetting. That's upsetting. That's the story of Terer, the yeah. French showman, baby eater. Well, yeah. He had a lot going on there. There was, there was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think about there's all these rules. And, I mean, I don't. I'm not up to date on the current baby eating ordinances because you're not supposed to. No, I mean, I'm just thinking about like salmonella and stuff, you know, undercooked meats. you got to be real careful. Um, and I, can you get salmonella from baby? I imagine. I don't know. Sure. What the, I don't know. Awful. That is horrible. Like a baby disappeared. There's no way to make that good. No. It's awful. No. Regardless of... It's just, it's so bizarre. Did he and swallow the baby whole? He couldn't, know. he couldn't have done that. I don't know. I mean, he swallowed that eel whole. the but... Ziggy Zoggy guy from the man show who used to yep. just like right. drink the beer because yeah. he had the, one of those open gullet things? The fox. Yeah. 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 I wonder if that's the same kind of condition. Could be. Do you think the fox man had... Um... I don't think he ever ate a baby. No. But he is dead now. That's true. Mm. Well, that was upsetting. I told you it would be. be delightful, but terribly <laughs> upsetting. That's no. Probably not. This is the Box of Oddities. I said box. All right, time for that thing in the middle. Odd, bizarre, but totally real news headlines. With all the discussion of fake news, it's sometimes comforting to see headlines that, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know are obviously true. Number five headline. No, NASA is not hiding kidnapped children on Mars. <laughs> Number four, snake blamed for burning down home. Number three, concentration camp-themed escape room. A bad idea. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Number two, court rules that cops need to be sober if they want to shoot anyone. <laughs> Good rule. Good rule. <laughs> Good rule. And the number one strange, bizarre, odd headline that is totally real, don't put ground-up wasp nests in your vagina. No matter what Gwyneth Paltrow tells you to do. That is just sound advice. I approve. Or any orifice, really. I approve. For that matter. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Our email address is curator at theboxofoddities.com. We'd love to hear from you. And our website is theboxofoddities.com. What do you got for me this week? All right. <clears throat> okay. Imagine driving down the street, and with each person that you see, each building that you pass, you experience 
a different taste in your mouth. It happens. And today... What is that called? We're going to talk about synesthesia. Okay, yeah, synesthesia. I'm so excited! I thought for a while that I might have had a mild form of that because as a child, I always thought of the days of the week as colors. Yeah, no, I think that... um, there are a lot of people that I think have just a little bit, and it's it's interesting. We'll get into it. Okay. Um, okay. So synesthesia is a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to automatic, involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. So there are many types of synesthesia, uh, the most common being color graphemic, uh, meaning that letters or numbers appear to have colors mm-hmm. or patterns associated with them. You know, uh, you see a five, you you see red. You see a six, you think stripes. I saw a, an article about this where, um, where a woman would not write the number nine because she said it was just an angry, angry number. Yeah. It's amazing how much it can impact someone's life. A lot of people that I read about um, kind of kept it a secret because they felt like it was really weird and shameful. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can really, it can change the entire course of your life if you decide that, you know, Main Street tastes like garbage and you you can't drive down it. Mm. Um, Another form of synesthesia is the association of sounds with colors. Uh, For some everyday sounds, such as doors opening, cars honking, or people talking can trigger seeing colors. For others, colors are triggered when musical notes or keys are played. People with synesthesia uh, related to music may have perfect pitch because their ability to see or hear color aids them in identifying keys. Wow, wow. And this is something that I thought was really interesting. The the percentage of people with uh, synesthesia it, it shows up more often in those with autism. And they believe that certain things are uh, amplified. Your ability to remember phone numbers sure. or passcodes are amplified because of your multiple sensory association with those things. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're recalling it from more than one place, which it absolutely makes sense. In an article In Psychology Today by Maureen Seberg, she talks about hearing the song from Pocahontas, Colors of the Wind. You remember? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was listening to the lyrics and thought it sounded too literal. So she actually reached out to the composer of the song, who is lyricist Stephen Schwartz. And then she wrote this. To my delight, he confirmed his synesthesia for me in an email response. He wrote, certain keys definitely have a color identity for me. For instance, to me, D flat major, by far my favorite key for the uh, richness on piano, which is the instrument on which I usually compose, is a deep orange. The other flat keys also tend to suggest warmer colors lower in the spectrum, whereas the sharp keys such as A or E feel both brighter and cooler, blue or greenish. And B major seems sort of bright purple to me. C major, for whatever reason, seems yellow, which I guess makes it both more neutral and less emotionally nuanced. That is fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, because I can imagine, I can see this uh, condition being challenging to deal with and and maybe has the potential of holding one back. 
in some areas. Absolutely. But in this case, and I'm sure in many others, it's helped him excel. For sure. As an artist. Yeah. Um, in theory, there could be as many different types of synesthesia as there are possible combinations of senses. Hmm. Um, one who has synesthesia can either have been born with it or have acquired it by way of some sort of brain incident, like seizure, or mm-hmm. head trauma. And we've talked about uh, acquired savantism. Right. And it's a similar kind of reaction where hmm. all of a sudden you have this new thing. An ability that you never had before. Uh, It's also been suggested that synesthesia develops during childhood when children are intensively engaged with abstract concepts for the first time. So uh, it's called semantic vacuum hypothesis, and that explains why the most common forms of synesthesia are um, color, uh, spatial sequences, and number-formed. Um, because they're usually the first concepts the kids are learning. Interesting. You know, you start with letters, you start with colors, you know. Um, in spatial sequence or numbers form synesthesia, numbers, months of the year, or days of the week elicit precise locations in space. Um, you know, you see 1980 as being further away than 1990. And I do that. You do that, of course, because yeah. it's, it's the way you see it in time. Sure. Um, but they might see um, A as closer than X. Some people with synesthesia uh, associate space in a clockwise or counterclockwise motion. So mm. if you picture um, the alphabet kind of like on in a circle around your body, so A is at the top and R is over here by your right hand. and it, But, you know, it might not start with A at the top. It might start with L at the top. And each, oh, okay. you know, it's, it's completely individualized. And there's still so much question about how this works and why it works. Um, they know that dedicated regions of the brain are specialized for given functions, obviously, um, and that increased crosstalk between those regions um, is how how you get the effects of synesthesia. But they don't know exactly why you're getting the effects of synesthesia. Is that does that make sense? Like yeah, they don't know yeah. why it's crosstalking, but they know that that's what's happening. And, and, and they say that that's often the case too with schizophrenia. You know that the left and the right side of the brain are crosswired somehow. Yeah, and so you're hearing voices, you're having hallucinations, however it might affect you individually. An alternative possibility is disinhibited feedback. So your brain, when it receives information about something you're touching or hearing Mm -hmm. or smelling, it has natural pathways that, that the information takes in its brain. And where it's going might bounce back a sense as well, whereas normally it kind of stops. Give me an example. I don't know if I'm following you here. Okay, so um, red, you're taking in red. Okay. So red is making its way from your uh, eye eye parts Mm -hmm. to the part of your brain that actually sees. Because, you know, your eyes don't see. It's your brain that's seeing. So uh, it needs to get from your eye parts to that part in your brain. So when it gets to that part in your brain, normally it goes... Red. But in this case, the theory is that it might be going red, bloop, dogs barking. (laughs) Really? So it might be taking something and giving something, whereas normally it just takes it. 
That is fascinating. Now, that's that's how I understand what <laughs> this article that I read did not have sound effects. So mm. it never said bloop dogs barking. You live your entire life as a human sound effect <laughs> machine. That and you sing. Almost everything. Yeah, almost everything. Yeah. 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 I wonder if that's a form of synesthesia. No. Though I do associate personalities with numbers six through nine. But that's... Okay. I don't know. I think that's just something that... That's interesting. I don't think it's got... I don't think it's technically synesthesia. I think that I just... For some reason, when I was young, I... Maybe I saw a picture of Six wearing a hat and I made him sporty. I don't know. <laughs> like a jaunty driving cap on number six? <laughs> no, you know, it's like a know. baseball cap. Oh, it is. He, six is the sporty, athletic kind of guy. I There's see. nothing you can do to stop it. That's just how okay. it works. Okay. Um, eight's the nicest. So estimates of synesthesia uh, existing in the world have ranged widely. And I think the biggest problem is that the only way that you can gauge this kind of thing or count the number of people who, I don't want to say suffer from it, but experience it, it has to come from people saying, I experience it. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people are embarrassed by it. They don't want to talk about it. And a lot of people lie about it. They it became kind of fatty for a while there, and people were like, "Oh yeah, I can I see colors when I hear people farting," and that's you know. What color would that be? I wonder. Because mm, I, I picture brown. Yeah, I, I picture kind of a, a brown with some gray flecks. So the interest in colored hearing goes back to Greek antiquity when philosophers asked if the color of music was quantifiable. Isaac Newton actually proposed that musical tones and color tones shared common frequencies. Well, now, that's interesting you say that because I was listening to um, something. I don't know what it was. NPR. Blue. <laughs> no. Something about, uh, you know, there are 88 keys on a uh, piano, and there are so many mm-hmm. octaves that we can hear within our frequency range. Sure. But if you go 88 keys up and several more octaves up, the middle C is actually green, or something like that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that that's amazing to me. That is amazing and confusing. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, because of the way that this works with your brain, um, there are a lot of well-known artists with synesthesia. Um, Does R. Kelly... Habit? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, Tori Amos. Tori Amos, the cornflake girl. Yes. I love her. Uh, Billy Joel, Lord. Uh, not so much about Billy Joel. Vincent Van Gogh was thought to have synesthesia, which totally makes sense. Have you seen Loving Vincent? Oh yet, my gosh, by the way? I didn't uh, see it. I heard it because you know I was. Had the flu. I had been yeah, yeah thrown up a lot. I was watching it in bed. Duke Ellington, uh, Pharrell Williams, Stevie Wonder has synesthesia. Really? Yeah. What kind of synesthesia? I don't know specifically. Because he's been blind his whole life, right? I think so. So it can't or be maybe, a color thing. I, I don't know. Okay. That's interesting. It's fascinating. It, it's totally fascinating. And uh, that's something I think would be really interesting to learn a little bit more about is the individual um, people that we know, you know, I say no, but, you know, that we know of and Artists. see how... Um, you know, we can see the effects of their synesthesia through their art. So Fantastic. that's something that I'm going to do a little more research on. I think it could be a lot of fun. Plus, I love Stevie Wonder. Who doesn't? I don't know. So there you go. There's synesthesia. I mean, obviously, a very uh, 
light coating of synesthesia. There's sure. so much more that we could get into, yeah. and it's. I thought your podcast was um, was very yellow. Yeah. 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 Well, there was a. Um, uh, in one of the articles that I was reading, um, the the guy that they were talking to, who was uh, really affected by sounds, and uh, he would only date women whose names tasted good to him. It wow. didn't matter much about their sure. personality okay. Okay. or what they looked like. Um, but he like he dated a woman named Hannah for a while because her name tasted delicious. Um, and then there was another girl that kind of had a thing for him that he stayed right away from because her name tasted awful. And really? she like was really nice and, and kind, but her name didn't taste good to him. So he couldn't be with her. That's got to be the kind of synesthesia that you want to keep to yourself because you would never be able to carry on a relationship with somebody if on the first date, you know, you go, you know, your name tastes like SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Might freak people out a little bit. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like that. You know how I feel about SpaghettiOs. They're disgusting. But there was one girl he said that he had a thing for whose name tasted like warm gummy bears. Ooh, warm gummy bears. Right? Okay. Marry that one. Yeah. Marry the girl whose name tastes like warm gummy bears. That's just, it's a good rule. It's just wisdom. It's a good rule. I want to find that in a fortune cookie. <laughs> Theboxofoddities.com. That is our website. All of our social media links are there. <laughs> Social meat links. Social meat links are there. Uh, we would love to hear from you too. Curator at theboxofoddities.com. Especially if you're from West Virginia, because I want to know what took so long. Yeah. And where can we get some of those pepperoni rolls? Pepperoni rolls. Mm. You have a good week, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Keep flying that freak flag. Fly it high. And so. Let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those I report to, to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.